Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, media trainer and editor of veganbusinessmedia.com, the multimedia blog providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I interview Donna Zeigfinger from Green Earth Travel, a travel agency in Maryland specialising in ethical and eco-friendly vacations. Travel has been in Donna's blood for decades, and she's combined her passion with business, working for various travel companies since the 1980s before launching Green Earth Travel in 1997. Since then, it's become a leading vegetarian, vegan and eco-travel agency in the US, featuring in several prominent media, including the New York Times and Washington Post. The company focuses predominantly on volunteer vacation packages and adventure travel. Whether it's a weekend or several weeks, Donna works closely with clients to deliver a customised trip. These range from individual packages to group tours and services include booking airline tickets and hotels, along with advice and support if there are any problems. Green Earth Travel's mission is to make it easier for vegetarians and vegans to eat while travelling to their dream destinations and to enable people to travel in a sustainable way as possible. Donna, who works from home with a small remote team, has also teamed up with Vegan Travel Club to produce tours of Italy featuring vegan health and culinary experts. In this interview, Donna discusses the importance of experience and expertise as a service provider to build trust with potential clients, the best type of content to share on social media that's guaranteed to get the most engagement with your brand, the relevance of offline marketing methods such as festivals to generate leads, what small business owners and solopreneurs can do to stand out, particularly from the bigger brands in their industry, and much more. Here's the interview with Donna Zeigfinger from Green Earth Travel. Hello, Donna. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning. How are you? Oh, very good. Or I should say good evening to you. Yes, it is. We're on opposite ends of the time zone. (laughs) And I understand you've just done the busy um, New York Veg Fest, which I hear was pretty amazing. Oh, it was incredible. It was packed on Saturday. It was totally packed. Sunday wasn't quite as packed, but it kind of gave us a breather. But it was very busy all weekend. It was great. Oh, wonderful. That's great. Well, tell me about your reasons for doing Green Earth Travel, because you've been doing it for a long time now. Um, So what's your why? Well, I've been vegan since 1982, I think. I always forget. Wow. And I was working at an animal shelter for a few years, and then I decided to get into the travel business around 1985. And when I did, I had a lot of vegan friends, and they at that time were very loyal. People were loyal back in those days, and um, they would send all their friends to me, and it kind of took off from there. So, um, so yeah, so vegan travel has been around for a long time. People just don't know about it. That's right. I'm surprised actually that it's been around that that long time. And I mean, has the, I'm assuming your customer base has increased a lot. Oh yeah. Since, 
Yeah, absolutely. since it first came around. Yeah, absolutely. I used to get my, um, you know, now you get everything by email and Facebook and, you know, anything online. When people, you know, when people owned like a vegan bed and breakfast or a vegan property back then, they would mail me letters that would take a month to get there. And tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you were working in an animal shelter. What made you go before the doing Green Earth Travel? What made you get into the travel business? Um, I think it was time. I had been working with animals for about 15 years. I was a dog groomer before that. And um, I was just ready to do something I really enjoyed. And traveling was it. Loved traveling. And so that's why I got into it. Fantastic. And tell us a little bit, what exactly does Green Earth Travel do and has it evolved over time? Well, we are a full service travel agency. So yes, we are, we're not the elevator man that's gone away. We're still around. Um, we help, uh, with booking hotels, um, and, uh, booking, uh, air, airfares when possible. Um, tours and packages you know a package is something that we put together just for you a tour would be with a group um we do everything we you know what travel agents used to do and still do and we give advice and that's the key word and we're and the key word is support when things happen so you know if your flight is in trouble we you call us and we're there to help you get you on the next flight or you know the hotel is is horrible we'll get you into another hotel room right away so that's that's what excuse me that's what we're there for. And obviously you've got the focus on vegan, vegetarian and eco travel and ethical travel. That's of course. that's correct. That's correct. So what percentage approximately of your clientele are vegan and seek you out, you know, because you're a vegan travel company compared with non-vegans? I would say 60, maybe 70, 75% are are vegans. Oh wow, okay, so that's a pretty high percentage. Right. right. Cool. A lot of the the rest are family and spouse. Right. Got it. Of the vegans, you mean? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay, right. So very much keeping it in the community. That's yes. interesting. Yes. What were some, when you, I know you started up a long time ago, um, Donald, what were some of your key challenges when you first started up the company? Well, again, we didn't have, well, you know, when I went off on my own, uh, which was 90, 1996, I used to work for a travel agency um, and uh I had picked up a lot of vegan clients from the 80s to the mid-90s, but then when I went off on my own, it was a little bit of a challenge because we didn't, while the internet was there, it wasn't like it is now, you know, so it was all word of mouth. Um, I did get in a few newspapers, which, and, and I was in Vegetarian Times and the Washington Post, and that helped me a lot, but um, it was really getting the word out there. And it still is. I still have people who don't know that I'm out there or that there is such a thing as vegan travel. Right, right. <laughs> and so what do you say, how have the challenges changed over the years as you've grown as a business and become more well-known? Well, I mean, the Internet has, you know, changed a lot. So it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing the good thing is, is that you can see me out there. If you put in Green Earth Travel or Vegan Travel Agent, I'm right there. So people are finding me that way. The bad thing is, is there the Internet because people think they can do it on their own, which is might be the case. It might not be the case, but they're not going to have the support that they have with me. 
Right, right. I wondered that whether that had an impact, you know, because obviously people go online to maybe book short term flights. But I know like if I'm going international, I'll go and I'll still go into a travel agent. So right. Right. So it hasn't really impacted your business as much then, you would say? Um, it has and it hasn't. And, you know, some of it is people take my advice and then they go online and search themselves and book it. They, oh. think, they think they're going to get it cheaper and they're not. You know, and the difference is if things go bad, they don't have anybody to go to. Even mm. if they go on to the big, you know, um, tour, you know, uh, agencies like, well, I, I won't say their names, but, you know, the big online agencies, they might have the support, but not it's not usually as personable. You know, they don't have yeah. a name to go to. And, mm. um, yeah. Got it. So, Donna, how many have you got staff? Like, is it mainly you or do you have staff? What, what's, what's your it, situation? It's me as the agent and the owner. I do have uh, a few people that um, I have somebody who does my website. I've got somebody who, you know, helps me. She's, she, she started as an intern. She's also now uh, my blogger and she does my newsletter and um, a few other things. She'll come in when I, you know, need help for a festival. Um, and I do, I am working with Vigano Italiano, so we're kind of partnering up. So that helps a lot. And I have an outside agent who books, um, just regular cruises. I've known her since high school. So. Great. So you've got a team. Yeah. Small team, small team, but yeah. Cool. And that's helped your business grow. Yes. Having a oh, team absolutely. Team? All of them have. Great, great. So I was going to ask you, how, in regards to competition, about how you go about standing out both within the vegan business arena and outside of it. Um, I don't know how much competition you do have in terms of vegan travel. Is there a lot of competition in your area? And if so, how do you go about standing out? There's no other vegan travel. Well, I'm yeah, there are vegan travel agents. I've had people come and go throughout the years. Um, I there's maybe one right now, but she does cruises and I don't do a lot of cruises and I don't find her as competition. I find her as a friend actually, um, you know, an acquaintance more, you know, more than anything. So I don't see it as a competition at all. Um, cause we do totally different things. You know, I do, um, independent tours and I do, um, group land tours and she does cruises. And so, I don't find it a problem. And there were a couple other companies, but they're no longer, you know, you have to really know your niche and really know how to push it. Right. Right. And obviously travel is a very specialized industry. Right. right. Yeah. Which on particularly ethical travel even more. So you're right. kind of like a niche within a niche. Right. And it's interesting you say that about competition and, and, you know, this other person's a friend because there's a lot of talk around, you know, not actually worrying about competition or even seeing um, other businesses as competitors but more collaborators. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I actually was talking about this that this weekend because I don't know if you know the tour company. Well, okay, so first off, the tour company I'm working with is Tierno Tours and we're doing vegan Italy trips, which we can talk about later. And there's also another tour company called Veg Voyages and they do um, Asia. And I actually saw them this weekend at the Green Festival. I was also at the Green Festival in D.C. on Friday. And we talked about maybe doing some festivals where we all three had booths. And I was even thinking I'd incorporate the person who does the cruises if she was interested. I think if we had like four tables, I think that would be a huge presence to do something like that. 
Right, right. And like have a like a kind of vegan travel section. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think right. I think uh, four heads are better than one, don't you? Absolutely. It's interesting you say that I went to a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a natural organ- a trade expo for the natural and organic um, sectors here in Sydney the other day. And um, a group of small businesses um, like all banded together and they had this the second largest stall and they just called it the vegan marketplace. And then they each had their individual stalls and they got a lot of traffic because of that. So it really worked out that they yeah, pulled together. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense. Yeah. So, it, yeah, so in terms of marketing then and marketing a PR, what do, I ask this to everybody, but what are your thoughts on the word vegan in your marketing materials on your website and the prominence of the word and has that changed over the years? I know a lot of people like to say plant-based. I think of that as just a diet. Um, I don't have a problem with saying vegan. I mean, I grew up with it basically, I, you know, because I've been vegan for more than half my life. So, I'm very proud to be a vegan. Awesome. And I guess the fact that you have a large percentage of your clientele is vegan, that that works. Yeah. But, I, you know, I get a lot of non-vegans that want to go on these, you know, vegan trips, and they don't have a problem with that word. They don't blink. They, they think it's going to be healthier food when they go away, and it is. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. And um, what current marketing strategies do you use at the moment and which do you find most effective? Um, newsletter um, is probably the number one. Um, and I don't get it out as much as I should. I get it out like once a month. But I, there's kind of that fine balance. Like if you do it like two or three times a month, I find that people start dropping off. So I have to be careful with that. But newsletter is a good one. I do Facebook um, a lot. Probably more than anything. I have an account that's linked to my Facebook um, t- for Twitter, but um, I'm not, I don't think I'm handling I have to change that style because it's just linking my Facebook pages and it's not an actual personal Twitter post that I'm doing. I don't right. know, you know, so that one's not as effective, although if I get, I do notice that people, will retweet something that I say, and that does kind of take off. But whether I've gotten bookings from it, I don't think I have. I've just, it's, it's, if, if anything on internet, through social media, it's been Facebook. And I, this new thing called Blab and Periscope is another one I started doing. I don't, do, um, I'm not sure if you know what Periscope is. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of a very informal way of getting out and talking to your people directly. And, um, you know, I had it at the New York uh, Veg Fest and it was a great way. In fact, the person that um, one of my my uh, followers uh, is from Australia and, you know, he was able to get on and watch the whole Veg Fest, you know, because I just brought him around to all the different vendors. So um, and then, when, of course, when we go away, we do a Periscope, too. So they get to see where we're going. And and the Blab is a great way because I, you know, have vegan um, travel bloggers and um, I'm going to start having some vegan hotels come on and talk with us and hopefully you. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So, and, and are you seeing like a, a return like business wise either in terms of whether it's just general brand awareness or you know actually generating leads or sales? I think it's more awareness. I mean especially the festival and, and the other thing is the festivals. We get a lot of people that sign up for our newsletters and come and talk with us at the festivals. That's, I'd like to have that one-on-one with people, 
which is why I started the Blab as well. I like to be able to chat with people. Um, the festivals are great. So um, I'm not I if you can bring me back to the question again. Yeah, it was about the what current marketing strategies that you use. And I like the fact that you've mentioned an offline one as well, because that is important. Like you say, that in-person one-on-one. Yes, it's very important. I, I actually like it. I mean, I, I'm always exhausted after it. Like I could use a two-day vacation now. But um, <laughs> but it's fun to go and talk to people and, and see people that you know and remind them that we're still here. Exactly. And in terms of Facebook, do you use like um, like paid Facebook advertising, like for particular tours, or do you just use more organic um, kind of posts? And what kind of posts would you put on Facebook? Because it can be difficult for people to engage with businesses unless they're providing fun, interesting and entertaining content. I do a little bit of both. I have done the paid and I don't honestly think it's really panned out for me that much. I mean, it does get more awareness out there. So that's a good thing. Whether I've gotten, you know, my ROI or whatever they call it, I I haven't seen that. Now, when I what I find interesting is, I, and I'll post all my tours, and I get people to like the tours, and sometimes they'll chat on it a little bit. Where I see the most interaction, and the one of the biggest ones I had recently was um, an article about how um, Costa Rica has stopped hunting. So, uh-huh. so when you start putting things like countries are doing this, you know, and especially when it comes to animals, they, they you know, any photos or videos of animals are always a big thing. Always a big so thing. So true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but I always post things that what the airlines are doing, you know, um, and I try and do it vegan related, although it's not always that way. You know, like if you need your passport, get your passport now, how how far in advance you need to get it. You know, what's the best way to get your best fares? I'll I'll put that stuff on there, but I'll also put in there things like when SeaWorld was happening, you know, that whole, you know, and, you know, when Ringling Brothers, instead of going to the circus, why not go to a sanctuary or why not go to Africa instead and see the real thing? And I know not everybody can afford that, but at least it gives them something something to think about. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then they can, you know, remember it or share right. it and let their, their networks go. So that's great. I like the fact that you like you say, it's so true about the animals. You can pretty much put any kind of animal up, but it's on there. But I love the way you, yeah. you relate that back to your business. And you also take maybe a current news hook and put it on there to keep people engaged. Oh, yeah. So, and, the one, yeah. and the one from Costa Rica that I just put up on Friday, I think was one of the biggest ones I've ever had. I had like something like 50 shares. I've never, I've never had like that many shares. Usually I'll get like a couple hundred, maybe 50 likes and a hundred views, but 50 shares is a lot. Fantastic. That's great. That's great. Now you mentioned, I think earlier you've been featured in the media, particularly when you started out. um, And I assume as well as you've gone on, how important do you think that's been in terms of raising your brand awareness or getting bookings? Well, back then that was extremely important in the, same week, same month, I think it was. Um, Vegetarian Times at that time was the big newspaper, and it still is. There's still big presence there, um, but it was like the only, the premier vegetarian newspaper at, at that time. And um, they did an article about me, and then the Washington Post had come in and uh, interviewed me as well. And back then, the Washington Post again, it was a big thing, and they still are, but they're just not as big as they once were. I mean, they were the only thing 
going at that time. They both came out the same month and um I was uh, I didn't know what month they were coming out. I was away on my honeymoon when it happened. So when I came <laughs> so when I came back I had like over 50 phone calls to return. Oh um, wow. <laughs> and it kind of grew and what was interesting is back then people would rip out the articles and hold on to them for years. So for at least 10 years, maybe I'd have people calling me saying, I saw you in the Washington post. Oh, wow. So that kind of, that kind of helped. The other thing that helped was, um, 1989, 1990, I, um, became the official travel agent for the March on Washington for the animals. I don't know if you ever heard about that. A half, yeah. Yeah, and I brought in something like 3,000 people to the D.C. area. Um, so that kind of, that actually was the the jumping board for me. Um, you know, because people then remembered me, even though it was a lot of work and little pay, they remembered me, and they came back to me when they wanted to do their vacations. And then I did it again in 1995. So that was the year after the articles, the two articles were written. Right, right. That's great. And so what was interesting, I think, about you as well as your very much your personal ethics are really infused with your business because some people I've interviewed, they're kind of like not kind of so much. Um, But so it's really interesting that you're you're able to easily infuse the two. Well, are the majority, so with your clients, the majority of the clients are like, are they individuals, say, as opposed to companies or other businesses? Or corporate. Oh, say that one more time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's all right. So are your clients mainly kind of individuals that book through you or do you work with other businesses, other corporates, for example? I used to work with more corporates than I'm than I'm doing right now. Um, I was the uh, travel agent for the Humane Society of the United States for many years um, and also PETA and a few other uh, corporations. Um, that kind of fizzled out when the internet happened or, you know, when they grew to the point where they needed like a large travel agency to take care of their stuff, um, which is fine. That was fine. Um, I do have somebody else who's come back and started using me. So that's good. But it, I, I, um, it's mainly independence. You know, I get a lot of honeymooners, a lot of honeymooners, you know, they want to start their life off. Right. And here I am. So, um, and I get a lot of families. Okay. okay. And, I, and, and singles, you know, so it's a big combination. And are they mostly American based or do you get people from like international people that want to come to America or go somewhere that use you? Um, we get everything, but it's mostly American based. And on most of the vacations, are they within us, uh, within America or outside? Oh, it's outside. It's all outside. Yes. Okay. Okay. Tell us a little bit. You mentioned uh, Vigano Italiano uh-huh. and your collaboration with them. Tell us a little bit about that collaboration and how that's working. Well, we started a few years ago. I think I contacted Gretchen. She was, it's, the company's called Tierno Tours, um, because she had a small group with Jason Weiler, um, Weirich, um, who is a vegan chef. And I noticed, I don't know how I found them, but I found them online. And so I emailed her and I said, I'd love to work with you. And she said, sure. And I ended up sending a couple clients on her trips. And then we started 
talking and collaborating, figuring out how we could do a bigger thing. And then I had a well-known um, uh, calling Patrick Goudreau, uh, who wanted to go to Italy with us and uh, take her followers with her. And we did that for a couple of years. And it kind of took off from there. We, then we decided to also grow and have a month long of weekly vegetarian trips in July last year with different um, headlining people like um, Jasmine Singer, you know, the Arhan Alice girls. Yes. Um, we had ja- uh, Jasmine and Marianne one week uh, along with Jason Wyrick. And then one week we had um, um, Dr. Ruby Lathan and Carolyn Scott Hamilton of the Healthy Healthy Voyagers. And Dr. Ruby is her own. She's a nutritionist and, you know, she had her own following. You know, we would pair them up together. So we had two special guests on, on these trips. And, um, then we had one week, Miyoko Shinner and, uh, Matt Frazier of the No Meat Athlete. And you know who Miyoko Shinner is, right? Uh, yeah, I interviewed her recently. Right, yeah. right, right. I heard it. I mean, you know, who doesn't yeah. in the vegan world know who she is? Exactly. Although, although I'm surprised when I go to the veg fest, they're like, "Who is she?" I'm like, "Okay, go to the super, oh. go to the supermarket right now and get it because that's the only vegan cheese I eat." Um, so, um, and then the, our last week was with Fran Costigan. You know, she's the queen of the vegan dessert. Yeah. So. It worked out really well, and we decided to do it again this year. And uh, this year we have uh, Juliana Hever of uh, the Plant-Based Dietitian. And then we have Miyoko again in September, and then we have Fran Costigan in, in October. Fantastic. And we decided to expand a little bit with the vegan group tours. Um, we're going to Dominican Republic in December. Um, there's a place that I spent that I've been booking for years. It's not a vegan place, but they're going to do a vegan menu for us. And um, uh, it's called Natura Cabana in Dominican Republic. Um, and then uh, in February, we're looking to do Puerto Rico. And one of the reasons why we're looking to do that was last year they had Puerto Rico's finally coming around they had their first vegan festival last year. Oh, nice. And um, we're hoping it's going to be on the same weekend that we're going to be there. Uh, so we're going to do that. It's over the um, uh, Valentine's Day weekend, so it's a great way, you know, to spend with your loved ones. And then uh, the new big one that we're going to do, and we're still doing Italy, by the way. We'll be doing Italy next year as well. But the new big one that we're adding on that I'm really excited about is uh, Peru in May. Oh wow! Yeah, well, that's the the next next May. Okay, yeah, next May, wow. not this May. Yeah, I was going to say that's cool. Oh, right. that's amazing. So it sounds like this the vegan. Tra- I know you've been doing this for a long time, but it kind of sounds like the vegan travel uh, sector is growing. It is. more and more people are becoming more interested in it because I know like a lot of the media coverage, a lot of it's about food, but it's actually interesting. Like hearing you talk about this and these collaborations, it really sounds like this is a, a growing sector, which is wonderful. Yes, so. it's growing by incredible leaps and bounds. In fact, it it grew so much in the '90s when I was doing this as a travel agent working somewhere that I had to go off on my own. 
Right. All right. Fantastic. Now, so you've worked for a travel agent, you've you've had a job and then you've started your own business. For those people who aspire to running their own business and running it on ethical vegan principles, what would you say, Donna, are the key things that they need to take into account before making that g- uh, jump from employment to self-employed? Um, I mean, they've got to have the drive because if you don't have the drive, you're not going to do it. There's sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have any more juice in me. And then I find it, <laughs> you know, or I go away somewhere and then I get that juice again. Um, you really need to educate yourself. Um, you, you, you have to start with going into a travel agency, I, ha- I have to say, or going into a travel school. You know, a lot of people think that they can just do it. You know, they some people are yoga instructors and they think, well, I can just do it and they, you know, and get a group of people. And it's not that easy. You know, it takes time to put these group tours together, even if it's a, you know, a a couple, you know, with a couple, it takes like at least three months to put something together. Sometimes I can do a last minute thing and it works, but, you know, it takes months to put all these people together. But if you've got group tours that you want to do, I recommend Anybody who's like a yoga instructor or a podcaster or somebody who's got a big following is to go through either a tour company or to go through a travel agent like ourselves. It's a lot of work to do. You need, you need to know what you're doing. You've got to have insurance. Um, you've got to have liability waivers to sign. There's a lot of, lot of legal stuff you've got to get set up. So you need to be well aware of all that and educate yourself on it. But the easiest way to do it is to go through a tour company or a travel agent and not have that worry. If that's sure. what, if that's what you want to do. If you want to become a travel agent, then I would recommend that you put yourself through school. Or, yeah. or intern yourself at a travel agency. There are travel agencies such as myself that will take an interns to do things. Okay. And I think that's a really good because I think some of that travel, people tend to think, oh, it's really glamorous. And they think, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this and that. And they underestimate, like you say, the work that's involved and the organizing and the contacts and, right. and all the rest of it. And, so, yeah. and honestly, you know, when I have interns come in, I don't have them booked my clients. I have them do all the behind the ground stuff first. And then if they qualify, I can then start having them talk to my clients. But that's not usually the case. They usually get bored by the time, you know, because (laughs) they think, oh, it's going to be this glamorous thing. And it's not always. Now, I have an intern who doesn't do bookings for me, but you know, I do give her perks when I can. She does. She's my one who does the newsletters and she, you know, she, she helps me at uh, a couple of festivals. She hasn't done it in a few years, but I'm going to get her back here into DC hopefully this fall. Um, and she's really good at talking with my people. Um, and you know, I give her perks when I can, you know, but you know, she's not, she's not an agent where she books anything. Right, right, got it. And um, so, in, in let's <clears throat> final sort of um, questions around mindset, because like you say, you've got to have that drive and passion. Um, and obviously, running your own business, it can really stretch you and push you out of your comfort zone. Um, what qualities do you think are essential to staying the course and running a successful business? What what qualities do I? I sorry, I didn't hear that one word. Um, what qualities do you think are essential for staying the course and running a, a business? Well, you have to be a person a people person you have to be able to talk to people and um 
if things go awry, you have to be able to apologize and, 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 and to, you know, work with them and make sure things go right. Um, otherwise you're going to lose your clients. Um, and you just, again, you have to have that drive to do it. And you, you know, I love, <clears throat> I love sending people to a place they've never been to, you know, and, and they'll remember forever. Um, it's my drive that keeps me going. And when you say you're because you've been doing it a long time, and I mean, sometimes doing the same thing over and over again, it can get a bit monotonous. So what do you think keeps your drive? Like how diverse is your is what you do as your role kind of shifted? I'm just wondering how you kind of keep interested in, in what you're doing over a very long period of time. I just like traveling. That's my whole thing. So I figure if I like it, they're going to like it. You know, one of my specialties, um, and that's off the vegan market part, is Ireland. Although I do send a lot of vegans to Ireland. I love Ireland. I've been there at least a half a dozen times. I need to go back there this year. Every time I go there, it gives me that drive to push it even more. Um, so um, I, I guess that I think that's where I was going with that. I just traveling traveling is what keeps me going you know and seeing the different countries and meeting different people in different countries that's what keeps me going and you know making sure that they have the same experience I've had in those areas all right for sure and then bringing it all together I guess under the the ethical umbrella right exactly Um, that's yeah for sure I can hear the the passion in your voice when you were talking about it it's great um so what um what specific steps or techniques do you use to ensure you've got a strong mental and emotional well-being because as she says you know things can go awry they can go wrong and you can get a bit stressed out and you know running your own business you know there's lots to do so anything you particularly do yourself to ensure that you have a good strong emotional well-being um travel you know even though i went to this festival this weekend i was out of my zip code and we worked a lot but you know what we got to do we got to go to a friend of mine's favorite vegan restaurant in new york which is just just sushi or beyond sushi Uh excuse me not just sushi. beyond sushi i don't know if you've heard of this place i think i have yes i haven't been there but i have heard of it and that was like my mini vacation that was like, oh, my God, this place is supposed to be the best. And it was. It was one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in New York. And it's just a little dive. It's not a dive. It's just this little tiny place. And it wasn't crowded. And it's all vegan sushi. And they were all done in such different ways that I've never seen before. So that was my little mini vacation. Fantastic. So you have so your to do. Job. <laughs> yeah. So you have to do mini vacations. Also, what I like doing, which drives my husband crazy when we go away, I like going into hotels and telling them I'm a travel agent, which I am, and asking to see the hotel rooms. It's like um, an artist who has to go see all the other artworks. I have to go see all the other hotels. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) And what have been the key lessons that you've learned? Because you've been in this business a long time now. What would you say have been the key lessons you've learned through running your business, whether that's uh, personal things you learned about yourself or professional or both? Well, I realized how much I like to travel and I'm not traveling enough. Um, so that's, that's one of the key personal things I've learned about myself that I, you know, I'm looking at all these travel bloggers and I'm trying to figure out how are they doing this and being able to afford to do this, you know, these, but they're young, so they can, they do it on a, you know, a budget and they can do that, which I would love to do again. 
Um, sure. And anything else, like things you've learned just through running an actual business? Has there been anything, that any key lessons you've learned? It's not. Any additional ones? Yeah, it's not easy. It, and you need to get a lot of help. You need to get a lot of help with you. You know, you need, you need to get the background support. That's really key. Right, right, for sure. Excellent. Um, and finally, what's your long-term vision for yourself and for Green Earth Travel? Well, I'm never retiring because I'm not, you know, you know how long I've been in the business. So I, <laughs> I work from home, so there's no reason for me to re- retire. Um, oh, you work from home. Okay. Yes, I do work from home. Um, right. So there's no reason for me to retire. Um, and that would be my long term. And just to keep it going, I'd love to see it grow. I, I'd love to see somebody help take this over and take it to the next level and make it into a vegan Expedia or a vegan Orbit. I would love to see that. Fantastic. That's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining me, Donnie. You've shared some great tips there and I'm very excited to see this particular sector, vegan travel, expand. And I think you're obviously playing a big part in that. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. So that was Donna Zeigfinger from Green Earth Travel. You can find out more at greenearthtravel.com and that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. Now for our vegan business news roundup. Manhattan now has its first permanent vegan clothing store with the opening of a flagship store by pioneering vegan label Vought. Founder Leanne Maley Hilgart moved her retail storefront from Brooklyn to the Lower East Side and celebrated the opening weekend recently. The new store will feature the company's signature wool-free coats, a new swimwear line and vegan snacks at the in-store cafe. She told Veg News, being in this neighbourhood with all the beautiful stores, restaurants and hotels means people will come and check out cruelty-free fashion and maybe realise that what you eat and what you wear makes a difference. It's fantastic to see this vegan brand continuing to grow and make the case for compassion in fashion. So as well as all the new vegan eateries I've reported on in previous episodes of Vegan Business Talk and put on my list to visit, Vought is definitely a top priority as well for my next trip to New York. My original hometown London in the UK has a new vegan grocery store. Fat Gay Vegan broke the news earlier this week about Green Bay, which is located in West Kensington's North End Road, just a few doors away from one of my favourite vegan restaurants, 222. Green Bay's shelves are stocked full of a range of products, including chocolate, plant milks, cheeses, bread, fresh fruit, vegetables, ice cream, personal care products, toilet rolls, cleaning and laundry products, flour, baking ingredients, pet food and much more. You can check out the company's social media for full details and opening hours. Adverts for lamb and other meat in Australia are not having as much impact as they used to as Australians embrace vegetarianism and veganism, reports B&T. The publication for the Advertising and Marketing Industries cited research carried out by Roy Morgan that found 11% of the population is vegetarian and in New South Wales alone the number of people issuing meat has risen to 30%. 
Now, these ads are typically some of the most talked about in ad land. In fact, I used to be the sub-editor many years ago at B&T, and I hated it when the lamb ads won awards. So I'm really pleased that Australians are waking up to the cruelty, negative health aspects and environmental devastation caused by animal agriculture and are not being fooled by the meat industry's advertising. Treeline Tree Nut Cheese is rolling out its cashew-based products nationally in Kroger stores across the US, reports Food Navigator. Instead of having to chase the retailer, Kroger approached Treeline, noting it as a premium brand that was performing well and that fit with its strategy of stocking more artisanal brands. Starting with 1,400 stores, the dairy-free product will eventually be in all 2,500 stores. Where to put vegan cheeses in stores can be a quandary for the manufacturers. Some believe they should be featured alongside dairy cheeses, while others argue for their placement in a dedicated plant-based section. Founder Michael Schwartz told Food Navigator that Treeline's products are faring better outside of the dairy section with other dairy-free cheeses. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like in my local supermarket here in Sydney, Australia, one brand of vegan cheese is included in the dairy section. And whenever I'm looking for it, I feel guilty and wonder if I'll be spotted by someone who knows me and they'll think I'm buying dairy cheese. (laughs) But regardless of where it's located, it's brilliant to see vegan cheeses performing well and being sought out by retailers. Finally, there's even more good news on the vegan cheese front. Miyoko's Kitchen is continuing its fast growth as it rolls out expansion plans to a new larger property in Petaluma, Sonoma County in California, reports North Bay Business Journal. The award-winning artisanal vegan cheesemaker has been operating in an 8,000-square-foot premises in Fairfax since late 2014. But due to massive sales, the company has quickly outgrown the space and is set to move to a 30,000-square-foot property in Petaluma next year, bringing around 40 to 45 jobs to the area. The company is spearheaded by longtime entrepreneur Miyoko Shinner, who was my guest on an earlier episode of Vegan Business Talk, and is backed by notable investors, including Twitter co-founder Evan Williams and Tofurky's Seth Tibbet. Sales in 2015 passed the $1 million mark and have grown 400% to more than $6 million so far this year. The number of staff has also grown from four since the company launched in 2014 to 40. I'm so happy to hear this. Miyoko's Kitchen has taken vegan dairy alternatives to a new level. The nut-based cheeses are absolutely delicious and Miyoko herself is so inspiring. She's an ethical vegan with decades of experience running businesses and I'm thrilled that her latest venture is doing incredibly well. Do check out my interview with Miyoko as her business journey is fascinating and she offers up a heap of excellent tips. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review and a rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. I'm Katrina Fox from veganbusinessmedia.com and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye for now. 